Hey, one more thing before you go. Have you ever wondered why are we here? What's the purpose of life? What exactly is a divine alchemist? I want to know. So many questions, so many opportunities. Stay tuned. We're going to have a conversation with a soul empowerment coach. She's a divine channel and a light language healer. We're going to really get in the middle of that. He's going to help us to understand that we are all sparks of the divine consciousness co-creating in this, this experiment of human embodiment. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. In this episode, we have a very special guest joining us, Brigitte Visser. She's an author, a soul empowerment coach, a divine channel, and a light language healer. She hails from the Netherlands. She acts as a bike messenger between here and there, delivering messages from the many master teachers integral to helping elevate the consciousness of humanity and the planet. You've got a lot of work to do, Brigitte. Yes, I know. Throughout, <laughs> throughout her own journey, Brigitte stumbled through the darkness of her own trauma and overcame numerous challenges. It was during this turbulent path that she chose the holistic route, which, as you all know, I'm familiar with, walking through her personal highway of hell and fearlessly facing her inner demons. Now she's here to share her wisdom, unlock the potential within others, and offer hope to those who are seeking to awaken the true essence of life. So get ready to dive deep into the realms of self-discovery and authenticity. Welcome to the show, Bridget. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Michael. This is an amazing journey that you have been on in this life. I think that uh, what you've overcome, where you have come from, and what you do now is like an, an, a brilliant transformation. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm still learning every day, you know? I think we all are. I think, you know, yes. it, if once we close off our ability to really open our eyes, our ears, and our soul to learning new things and new ways of helping to incorporate mind, body, and soul together, um, that kind of that kind of is like the end of that chapter. I think that you know mm -hmm. it doesn't allow us to to add new chapters to our life. Yep. Hey, I like to start at the beginning. So if we can start at the beginning, I would greatly appreciate that. Where'd you grow up? Oh, where did? <laughs> What shouldn't I shouldn't I start before I was born? <laughs> I guess that that might be a brilliant point of starting. Yes, because like, yeah, we both we said this earlier about the fact that we've got we've got uh, a choice and we make we choose our our life that we're coming into now. So yeah, we can start there if you like. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yes, we did choose our lives. And you can blow raspberries and think, no, I did not choose my life because my life is really crap right now. Actually, you know, prior to being born, you choose the experiences that you want to experience to elevate your own consciousness and to realize why you're here in the first place. But then when we were born, I was born, I was like, oh, do you know what? This is going to be a this is going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be easy. Well, what happened was I must have been smacked on my head like everyone else, you know, was born cold turkey and forgot everything. And so I was born on the 25th of June, 1974, on a very sunny morning at 10 a.m. in Spikenissa, which is a small town 
next to Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And uh, the first few years of my life were great. I mean, I loved it. Um, you know, we didn't have mobile phones and stuff, as you know. Um, um, but I grew up playing marbles, dolls, going cycling, feeding the ducks, you name it. I played with kids in the neighborhood and life was far, far simpler in the 70s and 80s. But as life went on, you know, my family moved to Singapore and then Malaysia. Loved it out there. Absolutely loved the culture. It is so different. But then I've, you know, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm 49 now, but I've traveled more times than my age, uh, which is ridiculous, I know. But it, it is true. I'm not lying. Um, but yeah, in Malaysia is uh, where my life, turned a little bit topsy-turvy because I was abused by the friend of a family and in the 80s life was very different it's not like you people were very open about it you didn't talk about it because I didn't even understand it and it was I just I don't know how to put it I think I just talked it away I didn't tell my parents and when we moved out of this friend's place because we were staying with this person uh, because my dad had lost his job and so we moved somewhere else in Kuala Lumpur and um, then at the age of 13 we moved back to Holland uh, because there was no more money in the kitty absolutely none and you know there were times that my sister and I didn't go to school for a year because there was no money and so we just had to study at home every single day my parents made sure that my sister and i studied uh, so we did and when we went back to holland my dad said he's, he's he always said if i go back across the water um i'm gonna die well that's a great attitude to have but indeed he suffered from coronary heart disease um you know two months later and he refused to take his medication. He was actually uh, a Rosicrucian. And back in the 1980s, it was very different. Nowadays, you can find you can find a lot of information about the Rosicrucians online. But in the 80s, with no Google, you had to sign up and every single month they would send modules, but it was very, very expensive. And it was money, as my mom said, that we didn't have. And so my dad refused to take his medication, hopped on his bike and he fell off his bike. And it was like, he took his last breath. He took his last breath and passed away. Even though the doctors tried to revive him, um, you know, he was too far gone and he would have remained in a vegetative state. So that was really tough because I just turned 14. And at school, school was very difficult for me in Holland because kids didn't wear any uniform. So there was a lot of comparison. Whereas in in Singapore and Malaysia, kids wore uniforms. So life was very different. And I was also bullied in high school because I was super, I was 5'11 and super skinny. And so my self-confidence was really just kicked to the curb. And I really walked around like Quasimodo, the hunchback of Notre Dame, because I wanted to be invisible. I was so scared of guys. 
I had this innate fear in me because of the abuse that had happened. And of course, I didn't heal that. And I always say to people, Michael, I say, one bit of trauma creates another bit of trauma, which is very true if you do not heal. And all that you do is you accumulate everything within, as they call in quantum physics, in the little hypothalamus of your mind. I call it the archives of your mind, where you store everything unhealed. And, um, and then whatever happens in your life, you know, you get triggered uh, because you didn't heal that experience. So, you know, it was hard for me because when I had to go to a classroom and I always say this and people think I'm nuts, but it, it is true. And there was a guy in the corridor or a kid in the corridor. I didn't dare to pass that kid. So I would find another way to get to the classroom because that's how scared I was. And the bullying didn't help either. So the other mechanism that I had was just chucking my, my lunch out into the garbage at school um you know and at, at night i would just have a family dinner with my mom and, and and you know my sister but when my dad died my mom started with nothing absolutely nothing because my dad left her with a debt and so we just wore secondhand clothes and my mom got appointed a you know a, a home i didn't care you know we had a roof over our head um, but I do, yeah, I do remember that. And my sister was a very smart one. She has an amazingly high IQ. Uh, I wasn't very smart. I just made it through high school and I had to study really, really hard. So that's the first part of my life. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that, if, well, all aspects of that, uh, we have some similarities in regard to that. I think growing up, when you lose a father at a young age, especially, um, I, I lost mine when I was 17 years old, but I hadn't seen him since I was 15. So theoretically, since he, he, I was 15 years old, so we, we were close to there. When you grow up without a parent in that dynamic, it changes the dynamic. My mother, uh, just like yours, was then thrust into the 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 world of single single parent from a female perspective which back then, and, and back when it happened to me in the 70s, you know, women, unfortunately, did not, you know, you either had to be a, a waitress or a secretary or, you know, your limitations were there and, and you were limited in what, the, what you could do and how you could provide. Now, I don't know how it was outside of the United States, but at least here, you were very limited. My, my mother was very limited. So she, she had to work two jobs in order yeah, to make the ends meet. So I, I hear you. Yeah, it's it's so I, I understand your struggle from that perspective. It as we grow up from that age, losing part of that fam, familiar dynamic gives us a different perspective on life. So yes. you know that you from that perspective, did it did you did you find a way to work through some of those things? Or was that did that come later? Did you it came later. I mean, I, I managed to just work through it, but I was, for the longest time, I was mad at my dad for just walking out of life like that. Because why would you not take your medication? Yeah. And uh, there is one thing, I did write about this in my book, but the, the word, the, there was a, um, oh, the Rosicrucians were also in The Hague. And I was so mad at them, so mad at them. 
that I wrote them a letter saying, well, you know, you, you killed my dad. And I put everything in a letter. And imagine I'm like 15 years old. And I cycled to this, to this office, to this office. It was a, a big, big home in The Hague. And I chucked the letter through the mailbox and cycled away as quickly as I could because I didn't want them to see me. Um, I mean, you know, I didn't put a return address on it, of course, but I think it just helped me to write it away from me. Mm. Um, and I think that's always very, very healing. I agree with that. I think it's, I, can I regress just for a moment? Could you help yes. us understand what a rosicution is? I know yeah, you, you say people can Google it, but you know, just a brief, brief understanding of it. So it goes back to the mystery schools of Egypt. So ancient Egypt, um, but the ascended master Saint Germain or Saint Germain in, when he was alive, of course, he was an alchemist. Um, he was also called the wonder man of Europe. Uh, and people thought he was immortal. Uh, very interesting book by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, actually. Um, and you should read it. It's an amazing history on, on Saint Germain when he was alive, not in the, uh, not in the otherworldly realms, but they believe when we talk about alchemy, it's not about turning the actual physical lead into gold. It's about turning the heaviness, the lead that you carry of your experiences, healing them, alchemizing them and turning them into gold. So letting go and living in a far more enlightened state or in a state of awareness and that's what it's about and so you go from being a dimmed light to a far more enlightened light so to speak and they believed very that's what they believed in so it was all about character transformation and all about that returning to a love of ourselves and um and human or, or, or mankind, um, that's what it was about. And there were many, many famous Rosicrucians like um, Abraham Lincoln, I think Thomas Edison was one, Tesla. Um, oh, there, there are quite a few. So it's, a, it's a philosophy, kind of a philosophy. It is a philosophy, yes. It is a philosophy, but it's been around since the ancient times of Egypt. And that's why they call it the mystery schools. And right. so it's not, yes, it is a philosophy, but religion took over. And that's why many of the Rosicrucians were persecuted in the Middle Ages because of their beliefs, because it was all about allowing people to become aware about what, what what life was about oh but you can't have that of course because you need to keep the population dumped down mm, i understand I, I mean thank you for helping to clarify some of that and anybody you know obviously the listeners and viewers out here you can google that to get a little more in-depth yeah uh, it's it's, a, it's an amazing it. history yeah pretty it sounds like it so <clears throat> i know you talked about earlier about bullying in high school and then you know from there did you did you um, I guess the next question would be, did you go to university? Did, you know, what did you want to be when you grew no. up? Did you have any aspirations for, for, for life, you know, <laughs> yeah. past high school? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I, well, I went into the modeling industry. 
-hmm. And I had already, my mom, when I was 16, she put me on this course uh, to try and cricket my confidence and to help me walk, you know, walk straight. And that didn't really work. I mean, yes, I was picked up by, picked up by a hairdresser to walk a hair show and I had hair up to here and he chopped it into a really short pixie cut. I'm Mm. telling you, I felt ugly. I felt horrible. I just, I did walk the show. I was paid the 75 guilders at the time in Holland, but it's, I just, no. And I was like, oh my goodness, but I gave it a go and um, it's very fickle. It's like a kettle market, the modeling industry. I didn't have thick skin. I was very naive. I was very blasé. And I wasn't a bitch, so to speak, because Mm -hmm. it's a very, that's just the way that world is. It's very ego driven. It's Mm -hmm. like we go to castings and I sometimes had to wait for like two hours before they would look at my portfolio and then just go through it, flick through it. And they take my comp card and they go next. And it was often very degrading for me because I never got picked. I only Mm. got picked sometimes and that didn't help my confidence. And so I could never live of it because I'd be living under a bridge. And so wherever I went, I was, I was always working, whether that was bartending or hostessing or doing promotion work, it doesn't matter where you put me in the world, I would work. Which and it I shows think tenacity. Uh, I'm obviously yes. it shows tenacity and fortitude. Um, I know that you said you in some of the information that I've got on you, you you were assaulted in the modeling industry. Yes, as well. I was. So I'm in sure New that York. It, that compounded everything in particular that had already been. been I mean, what a what a life journey up to that point, anyway. Yeah. But to mm-hmm. add that on top of that must have created yeah. an environment for for negativity to kind of surround you. Yes, I mean, it, it bled into the dysfunctional relationships that I rolled into as well. And the one thing that always kept me going is I worked like a maniac. That was my mechanism. And I was a pro at starving myself. I really, really was. And people would ask me, well, I, do you eat enough? I'm like, yes, I do eat enough. It's just my metabolism you know, is really is is works very fast. That wasn't a lie. But I was very good at not eating. And I think that was so pre programmed in me, that I could eat very little. And the times that I was happy, you know, I'd eat just fine. But more often, it wasn't the case. And um, because I was one of these people. And I'm sure many of your listeners have been through this too, where you're with someone and you want to make the other person happy. And it's really about learning to love yourself and having that relationship with yourself first, before you dive into another relationship. So because I tried to fix other people. Um, So I was looking for broken birds. It was like an ad. It must have said it flashed on my head, looking for a broken bird, you know, to fix up another broken bird. And that's not helping because whereas I was helping my, um, my former partners, 
I was actually stumping their growth as much as I was stumping my own growth. And I didn't realize that at the time because I was like, you know, why, why am I not good enough? Am I not worthy enough? Am I not pretty enough? You know, what's wrong with me? And it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's that you need, you know, people are reflections of one another. So when you're in a relationship, the other person is, is a reflection or is like a teacher to you. And it brings out aspects of ourselves that often enough we need to heal. But what do we do? We whack them all the, the, the emotions and we suppress them and we continue on our merry way. And at some stage, you know, when something so bad happens, it's like you have a wake up call. Well, and I think absorbing other people's energies. Yeah, I yes. know you've mentioned this in some of your, your literature. You know, absorbing other people's energies does not help uh, the nope. atmosphere whatsoever because when you start absorbing their energy and their negativity with regard to that, it just negativity built upon negativity, just like positivity built on positivity. So, yep. at what point did you come to a um, to a realization? I mean, we all in uh, in these you say this as well. We all have to be accountable, you know, to uh, or account. We have to take accountability for our allies yes. and our own actions. I, I appreciate what you said a few minutes ago in regard to, you know, in any relationship and in going, growing up in a dysfunctional family myself and then working domestic violence in particular for uh, four mm -hmm. years, specifically domestic violence only. It, you, you start learning more about people and, 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 and understanding that the first step to success and getting away from that is to to start loving yourself yes, and respecting yourself and mm -hmm. understanding that you are worth it and that you need to move forward yeah. in life and get out of this negative situation from yeah. that perspective. And therefore, you have to hold yourself accountable for your action, putting yeah. yourself in that place. But you can also hold yourself accountable for finding the solutions and the tools to get to remove you from there into a more positive environment. How, how did you first learn about um, your, can I can I say gifts? Yeah, abilities, gifts. Yeah, yeah. I always say yeah. gift is so funny, isn't it? Because we have we have the abilities. We all have the abilities. It's merely if we choose to uncover these or recover these. Everything is a, a choice, choice, isn't it? Yeah, everything yes. is a choice. <laughs> yes. It's. I think that. In understanding that we all have a choice, we have a choice to take the first step. We have a choice to back away from something. We have a choice to move forward. Yeah. We have a choice to improve our life or to 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 do the opposite. We have a choice between good and evil. The little angel on the shoulder, the little devil on the shoulder. Oh, I have I have something about that. When when people talk about good and evil, mm -hmm. everything is in the wording. So when you talk about Eve, when we split up the word evil, you have Eve and ill, as in being sick. So Eve talks about the feminine and ill, the acronym acronym means imbalanced of love and light. So people that are evil are merely um, lacking the feminine aspect, the balance of the feminine aspect within them, and they're imbalanced of love and light. That's all it is. That's an interesting approach to that. I hadn't thought about that before. I've been told before evil is actually live. 
backwards. That's that's a good one too. And mm-hmm. exactly, and that you know we live we live within that. We just have to recognize it and understand the choice to do mm-hmm. something bad or do something good. I've heard it from that perspective, but that's yeah, the first time I've heard thing. this explanation. That's pretty interesting, actually. Oh, the other way that I always said, you know, we've all been gremlins at some point in our lives. But at the end of the day, when we (laughs) return to that love, we return to that furry mogwai again. (laughs) Oh, I love these. I love these analogies (laughs) to the... uh, I love gremlins. The gremlins is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, a little mogwai, mogwai, mogwai. And and then, of course, you put the water on it and it... Yes! Nasty. <laughs> uh, we just have to we have to stay away from that water. See, yeah, that kind of works. That um, conditioning. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I know that we've all, you know, as you said, we've all been given the breath of life, and that we shouldn't squander it. So, mm. you know, at what point? At what point in your life did you, under, like I say, back to to your gifts? When did you understand that you had the ability? As you say, we all have it. When did the doors open for you on the abilities that we all have? When did they open for you to to recognize that you can help people from from a more divine perspective? Well, I mean, I always read tarot, and I was probably around nineteen twenty when I started doing that. Uh, I did forget to mention a bit, you know, about squandering life. I nearly squandered mine when I. Uh, when my stepdad passed away from throat cancer and my mom needed me, she was leaning on me and I didn't have anyone. So I, you could say I hung out with the wrong crowd of friends, but you know, I take full responsibility for that. Took too many E's one night, had blackouts. I don't even know what happened, Um, but I survived it. Um, And then the next day it was, I mean, I, I, I did it for like three months. Um, Not as bad as that time, but, and then all of a sudden I was done. It was like, what am I doing with my life? I actually told my mom about it. And she said, first thing she asked me, please tell me you're not doing this anymore. And I said, no. So, but during my 20s, it was really about, um, I did a lot of tarot reading, tarot readings for other people, but that wasn't really, that wasn't really healing. My healing journey started actually, well, I did NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which was founded by Brendan Walsh, who had an ulcer. And she cured the ulcer uh, through neurolinguistic programming. Well, what works for one does not necessarily have to work for another. And it didn't work for me the first time around. And then it opened up a whole can of worms about my past and my childhood. And the, um, the therapist decided that she would do a 20 minute session over the phone, which didn't help me at all. Um, but I think in 2009, that's when my healing journey commenced because I was in Holland at the time and my ex who came over from the States at the time, he was a drug addict. I didn't even know it because it wasn't like every day it was like in it was like in binges then he would stop and then it it he'd do it again and all of a sudden my stuff got pawned um he was in bed with the crips in holland and uh then he was held for ransom i tried to help him he really wanted to get better but i couldn't get him into rehab um because he needed to have 
like a social security we have in in the us they have the same like in holland and they wouldn't take him in um so it was a nightmare um that was that, that that was really hard to see someone on crack and totally out of it and having crack fingers um it it i mean i really really felt for him and that was his own unprocessed trauma at the time but at the end of the day my mom got me out of holland in the space of a few days because i was just my mind i was so numb michael um so much had had happened and at the, end, at the end of it, I did help the police save his life and they deported him back to the US. But when I was in, in the UK, I tried to take my own life and it was a very, very lame attempt, but I took a whole box of ibuprofen. And the only thing that did to me was give me a good night's sleep, very long, long sleep. And it got rid of the pounding headache and so my mom said to me, Brigitte, why don't you go and see a counselor? And I did. But the counselor, I tell her the whole story. And all she said was, you know what, Brigitte, you'll be fine. You're strong enough. But the day before, you know, I, I mean, this, the person, the, 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 the head of the Crips in Holland, he still had my Dutch number and he called me and he threatened to kill me when he found me because I'd saved my ex. And so he lost the ransom. And so can that I, really- Can I ask one quick question in regards to yes. that? Just to clarify yes. something because now are we talking the same Crips gang that, that is like very, yeah. very in depth in Los Angeles, California? Yeah, it's a more watered down version in Holland. However, the lead is now behind bars because he was a, oh, it's like a, it's not a, he had this thing like a hitman for hire. So it was the biggest process. It was the biggest case the prosecution had ever seen. Mm. And it took them years to garner the evidence. And I think it was only last year or the year before that it went to court. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that, that it stretched that far, you know, that, Wow, yeah, it was it was very, very scary to me. I will say this. My ex did turn his life around. It took several more years, but he has turned his life around and he's clean and he's he's working. And I think that is always amazing to see that yeah. sometimes people go through a lot of trauma. But, you know, when they decide enough is enough, I don't want to live like this anymore. It's time for me to make the necessary changes. And I have nothing but love and respect for him for doing that. Yes, I mean, that, that's an amazing step for somebody to take. I've seen too many people, from my old profession especially, too many people that did not come out of that in a positive way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Well done on that first, on that part. Um, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt so, your, your, that part that's of the okay. journey, but just, I, I, I just want to make sure, uh, well, I was curious because I didn't realize that I'm very familiar with the Crips and the Bloods, and I'm very familiar with street gangs, and I, I actually have certification in street gangs, um, but it's old. It's it's things have changed, but you know it's from a while back um, when I was still on the job. But it um, so that it's interesting to see that it it is uh, across international lines. That's pretty 
pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's different, you know, different, like I said, probably a more watered down version. But I mean, they had little street kids, uh, not street kids, uh, kids as, as drug runners, like little kids as drug runners. Yeah, see, that's sad. Yeah, it, it's very, sad, very that sad. It's, that it has gone that far and that people still allow that to happen. But but uh, well, hopefully we'll put positive energy out there that something will come yes. about and change. I mean, it's a long time ago, you know, this is back in 2009. Yeah. But it's not like I came with a cheat sheet to earth, right? And I was like, okay, well, how am I going to heal myself? <laughs> Let's look at the guidebook. <laughs> It's too, too bad they don't tuck one in somewhere and you, you know, there you I go. Know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really had to go online. And I, for me, I decided to go to the holistic route because the normal counseling route was a no-no for me. And that's how I rolled into Reiki. And that was actually the start of my journey. And it was also my saving grace. And she was really honest with me. She's like, Brigitte, why do you keep, why do you allow yourself to be treated like a doormat? Well, because I don't want, I don't want to think that, you know, I intentionally hurt other people. So I don't want to hurt them. And as she said, and she's very right. And I, I say this, I often say this to people. It's not about you hurting the other person, but at the end of the day, you're only hurting yourself because you cannot be true to yourself. And now, why do you want to, or why do you want to bow to others when you can't even bow to at the feet, at you know, at the feet of your own beautiful soul? Which I know that sounds a little cliche, but it's absolutely one hundred percent true. You know, you have to back to what we were saying earlier. You have to recognize and love yourself and understand that you're worth more than you you may have thought you were, and that your soul is valuable to not only you but to those around you. And sometimes I think it is difficult for us to open our eyes and our hearts in regard to seeing that. Uh, but we do have the tools open to it, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. We do have the ability to kind of take that opportunity for us to recognize that we are worth more than, than what we think we are and that we need to take that and run with it, basically. Um, in in regard to this journey that you're talking about, if I can read something that you know, that is, is in your bio, actually. Um, you said, Lord Sanat Kumara, if I'm saying that correctly, always says the only way out, yes, I'm squinting because I need my glasses. <laughs> the only way out is through the counteracting the mutiny in your head with the bliss of love and sprinkled seasoning of forgiveness. And, and I just happened to recognize that in my notes the same time you were talking about what you just said. I think that applies very distinctly to what we were just talking about. Can you help us understand yeah. that? Forgiveness is so, so important. And it's not about always forgiving the other person, but it's about forgiving yourself. People always say, well, how can you forgive what happened in your childhood? How can I not? Why, why would I keep walking around with it when it just clouds my mind? And when you learn to forgive, you learn to let go. It's so important to just let go. I always say, let go, or let, well, let go and let flow and just be. It's, and, and I can't. <laughs> And if people decide that they want to hold on to their experiences, that's okay too. 
I mean, you can guide them, you can inspire them, but that is all you can do. You can't make the changes for them. You can only make the changes within for you. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think is a lot of times, well, it goes back to what we said in the beginning. You know, you have to recognize that, you know, to help others, you have to help yourself. You know, help yourself first. And in, in, in the majority of cases, you have to help yourself first. It's, it's almost like, again, a little cliche, but, you know, on an airplane, they tell you that you need to put the mask on. Your kid. <laughs> you, you know, put the mask on yourself, and then you yes. put it on every, yes. those people around you. It's kind of one of those things you can't help those around you unless you help yourself first and until you can breathe, you know, then you can help others to breathe and, and do it yep. more effectively and efficiently than you would if you were unconscious. <laughs> so No, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing the other the one other thing is that we're always driven by our ego. And that's often the case because what we ingest what we take from the outer world and ingest with, within our minds, it's like our ego is often in the driver's seat whilst our soul is being held hostage. You know, it's under all these layers, under all these layers of conditioning and it's going, help, help, you know, I want to be free. And the ego is like, shut up, you know, <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> this is how you're going to lead your life and I'm going to say what I want. And the ego is very judgy and it is opinionated and it just keeps attracting more and more of the same crap. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like at some stage, you're going to have to kick the ego to the curb and allow for, because ego means ejecting God out and we're all God's source energy. That's what we are. We're energy. Right. So we kick the ego out to the curb. And we replenish our mind, we heal our mind, we empty the archives, all the junk that we don't need, you know, and ah, our soul can breathe and there's light that comes back into our soul. And we feel so much better because we've let go of the crap of our experiences and we understand it. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, I think that we, there's a, there are those of us that need help in, in being able to get the car yes. pulled over kick the the ego out and take take the driver's seat um i think which again we'll talk about here in a few minutes you've got some tools mm -hmm. and things like that that enable us to be able to uh, to to accomplish that um i know that you're a soul empowerment coach and i i yeah. we talked earlier about um, the fact that uh, our mind our body and our soul are things yes. that we all need to nurture correctly in order for us to function the way we should function in in this society is to connect our mind body and soul um yes. before we kind of go a little more in depth with that how do we, how do you become a divine channel what's the difference between a channel like somebody channeling another spirit and a divine channel when somebody channels a spirit that's more that you're a medium and divine channel is is where I, for instance, where I channel the many light beings that range from the formless light beings, where I can only see their light, to the many galactic beings, to the ascended master teachers and uh, the archangels, and sometimes even the fairy kingdom. And 
Can we expand on some of that? Because that's just sounds sure. number one, it sounds fascinating. Number one. Number two, how did the door to that divine I won't say divine intervention, but that, that divine open communication come to you? How did you first realize that? Oh, that did not come easy, Michael. I had to go through another really I had to go through another really horrific experience <laughs> out in Florida because I'd bought a property and then I met someone and the person was very needy, very clingy, then he suffered um, uh, reckless and he couldn't pay, he didn't want to pay the fine and it got so bad he couldn't pay the lawyer and he couldn't he couldn't find a job because he, it works a little bit different there and, and you will know this you need to pay your reckless in order to get your driver's license back in order to get a job and so he could not get a job and i was out there and so i was helping him. he moved from an hour away to two doors down from me and that did not sit well with me but i tried to help him i was also paying his bills um you know i had my own home um i was working like a dog I was a dog walker. I did promotions. Um, I did a little bit of modeling, not much, but I kept myself afloat because that is me. But other people are very different. And his mother had also passed away. So he sank into this deep depression and I tried everything. I was looking for jobs for him. And on that, like I said, I was always going the extra mile, but I was depleting myself of my own energy. And so that was really, really hard for me. And he wouldn't leave me alone. And it was like, oh, he just kept harassing me. And I, I sold my home to get away from him. That's how bad it got because I was in this constant fight or flight mode because I couldn't get rid of him. And I bought another property and it was a money pit, but I was meant to be there because one day uh, spirit kicked me out like my guys literally I felt like they kicked me out the house and they told me to go to this fair actually the week prior I had gone for a combo cleanse and a combo cleanse is a shamanic uh, shamanic medicine as I call it or a combo frog medicine where it's not ayahuasca but um, where you go to a shaman. I went to a shaman up in um, near Gainesville in Florida and I had no idea what was going to happen because I don't always like to research the healing that I'm, that I'm, um, uh, how do I put that in English? I didn't, I didn't want to expect anything. So I didn't do a lot of research because I just wanted to go in without any, without having any expectations. Yes. And so that's my Dutch thing. You know, sometimes I think a little bit Dutch. So that's okay. I mean, I, went we, there. I don't think we, I think we all should have that understanding with not necessarily going in with the expectations, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that way we, it opens our mind instead of expecting something and saying, yeah. well, this didn't happen. You yeah. know, it, it, sometimes there are things that happen to us that, if we have that expectation of an outcome and it doesn't come out that way, then we don't recognize the real outcome. 
that may be hidden from us because we blocked it by that expectation. Yes, absolutely. Totally so, agree with yeah, you. So what you did is brilliant. So I'm sorry, continue, please. No, that's all right. So I went there and he explained to me that these beautiful frogs, nocturnal frogs from the Amazon, Amazon forest, what happens with these frogs is they scrape the poison um, from their backs. The frogs don't die at all. There's thousands, millions of them. And um, the shaman then, he burnt, it can either be done in the arm, but he burned four points into um, my leg, bottom of my leg. So it's just, you know, the top skin. And then he put the poison on. And you have to drink two liters of water. I hate water. I hate drinking water on its own. Uh, so you, you and, I need to have daughter. a little. <laughs> <laughs> just I need to have a little bit of um, uh, squash in it, and then it's fine. But I had to drink it, and then he put this. Oh my gosh! He put it on. I'm like, what's gonna happen? Well, within like ten seconds, I was like, oh my gosh! I feel sick. I was like, oh. And he, there was this big yellow bucket beside me. And I'm thinking, yeah. And I just purged and purged. It just came out. And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to go to the toilet. <laughs> he was so used to it, Michael. Like, you, you just helped me. You know, and it was up and down, up and down. And it took like four hours. And he's like, do you know why it took four hours? He's like, because you were so resistant. And that was my ego going, no, you're not. No, 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 I don't want to change. You know, that, that was just it. And my soul was going, yes, yes, but I want the change. I want the change. So it was this constant battle uh, for several hours. But I was, I mean, even on the way home, it was, it was very, very difficult for me. And, and trust me, I went back another two times and then it became easier. But what it did to me is it did clear my mind completely. Mm. And that is exactly what I needed. I needed to get out of that funk because I was so exasperated because there were times, honestly, that I was on the floor crying in the dark because I was, didn't want to go on anymore. And so that's when I asked the universe for help because I was too far gone. And uh, that's how it came in the form of combo through my sister who'd done it in Holland. And from that moment on, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You wanted to ask no. something. <laughs> sorry, I had to sneeze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so from that moment on, the following week, I went to uh, Unity Church in St. Petersburg, which was only a five minute walk for me. And that's where I met my she was to become my mentor for several years, Alania Starhawk. And she was an Akashic record healer. Now, what that is, I mean, the Akashic records hold all your lives to mm -hmm. date. And I needed to understand what had, why this ex in Florida could not let me go. And by the way, he's also doing really, really well now. That's He's good. also turned his life around and he, he always says, thank you so much for, you know, for just being you and for helping me to see the error of my ways. And I think that's just, it's not really errors. It's just, you know, our experiences that we, we that we're so, we're so blinded 
by the way that we live that we often do not see the the mistakes uh, mm-hmm. you know or, or or how how to heal from these experiences and so we often remain because we remain in that state of a disempowerment and trust me i had disempowered myself for heaven knows how many years and so for me it was really about how do i take control of my life how do i step back into my own power how do i empower myself and i walked through these past lives and it was so so interesting and because in one lifetime with him in the middle ages um i i was very well off and he was a charlatan which is great but <laughs> sounds like he brought some of that forward to yeah, this life. in this life i know for him in that lifetime it was always all about social standing pretending that he loved me but he did not he actually slow poisoned me with an arsenic um he knew a lot about herbs and he said he was trying to heal me but what happened was the opposite of course and uh yeah so he left and he took everything and it was too late for me when people when other people found me but it was very interesting because during that relationship which wasn't long i suffered from terrible stomach issues i couldn't eat anything i could i could just about have a sip of tea and i really had to go within and figure out what i could eat and all the time my guys were like brigida you need to ditch the guy you need to ditch the guy but i was too afraid to do that so you were kind of having the same symptoms in present yes. day that you had yes. in that life with him, which yes. is fascinating the way that transpired. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. But what happened after that is that the energy, my energy changed, but his energy also changed because that that aspect, that past life was healed. And that's just, it's really beautiful to see. Right. Like that, I, I find that extremely interesting. I, I know that I've explored past lives before. Mm. I have, um, I, I will say, I, I won't say, man, how do I put this? I might have to cut this part out here because I'm a little confused at the moment because of what <laughs> I want to actually say. The, it's okay. the, the fact is, is that I know that we have past lives, that we do. Mm-hmm have where like my wife and I believe that we have uh, been connected in our past lives in some form or another. And I believe that the journeys that we pick, you know, even with our friends, if we look sometimes when you think of deja vu, because you went, oh, I've Mm -hmm. seen this place before, or hey, you you meet somebody and you feel like old friends more so than, hi, how you doing? Let's get to know each other. I just met you. You feel like, man, I've known you all my life. Yep kind of a situation. And I think in those particular cases, those are our past lives intersecting, you know, with with others. And in understanding that, how do how does our past lives, I mean, there was a prime example that you opened this with. How do our past lives affect our present lives, whether it be negatively or, or positively? And, and maybe how can we recognize that that's taking place and then that might be an overlapping question that may not be able to be answered in one answer but um can we explore that just a little you always travel in the same 
with the same characters, right? You, you will all, that's, I always say that sometimes a new character will come into your soul group, but we all have different uh, characters to play every time we incarnate. And when we do something wrong, I call it wrong. So if somebody stabs someone in one lifetime, they will have to make up for it in another lifetime. And it may be that the other person will suffer from something, but it doesn't have to be that way. But that's the law of cause and effect, karma, you could call it. It's not like in every single lifetime that I've been a goody two shoes. Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, but that, so how do you recognize it in this lifetime? When you meet someone, you may get an, in, you may get an inkling of like, I know this person. I get, I get on with per, this person like a house on fire, but there may be other instances where you're like, oh, I really cannot stand this person. Really do not want to have anything to do with them. And that could be due to something that happened in a past life. It's not like for me, it's pretty easy to step into my past lives now, but for other people, it's more like a gut feeling. Well, I don't like you or I know you and I really like you. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I, in regard to, in regard to that whole idea in in the first place in regard to the we have past lives those journeys continue with our soul each one you know our soul moves forward do we relive do we i mean i'm usually better about formulating questions in regard to this but i have so much running through my head at the moment <laughs> um which is a good thing and a bad thing right in it's reality okay. it's i mean let's approach it from this perspective each time that we live, yeah. each time that we, we, how many past lives can we, can we actually live? And, and do, we, do we have the opportunity for regeneration into a new and reincarnation in order to learn more lessons to get to a higher level? At some point mm -hmm. we stop? Or do you think mm -hmm. we continue to just keep re-coming back, reincarnating and re-coming back? we keep reincarnating not necessarily here on this earth plane but we could go anywhere else within the multiverse earth is just okay. one planet i call it the insane asylum because it's the most difficult planet to incarnate uh, some pretty into. wacko people here too <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> oh absolutely um yeah so there are many i mean i've had thousands and thousands of lives here on the earthly plane uh, but also in the galactic arena so from from a universal perspective then because i believe that you know the universe is vast and that we're not the only ones here i do nope. believe that you know obviously anybody that thinks that we're the only ones here really hasn't opened their eyes and in, in in the intellectual capacity to understand that they're there is no way that we can be the only ones Absolutely. in this vastness yeah. of space. Um, yeah. Within that, within that ideal, in what you said already about the Akashic records, do we have the opportunity 
in in well goes back to what you said in the beginning about you know did i really pick this <laughs> and yes. why did i do this am i stupid for doing this do we plan out each one of our incarnations or are they given to us we plan them out with the council and our guides we do plan them out but there is always a lot of free will in how we how we decide to live our lives but for me i mean you know i mean crap was gonna keep happening to me until i finally opened up my eyes but that's my path that's my that's my path everyone has a different path but i didn't want to live through these difficulties anymore so i needed to do something to change there are many people that remain as they are but that is you know it comes back to that choice and if they want to live with that within that dis-ease of themselves then that is fine too but i chose to change well that that begs a couple of questions that i do i, I told you before i don't really have a list like a one two three four but i do have these questions okay the, based on this conversation that we've just had why yeah. why are we here what what is our purpose? Oh, our purpose is our to, purpose. There's, there's two. <laughs> so firstly, we incarnate because we have to remember who we are and why we came here in the first place. Yes, the wool has been pulled over our eyes, but through our experiences and through walking through this jungle, this maze of a jungle called Earth, we are here to remember who we are, raise our consciousness, raise our awareness, but also help raise the vibration of Mother Earth. Because people forget, Michael, that Mother Earth is a living, breathing being. It's Mother Earth is consciousness. Mother Earth has chakra, a chakra system, energy system, just like we do. And look how we pollute Mother Earth. You know, we pollute her as much as we pollute ourselves. And so it's all about returning to that love for ourselves and all other sentient beings and Mother Earth. But the other thing is, and people all, people seem to forget, we are divine creators. We are alchemists. So we create what we think. Yeah, and thus it manifests into existence. And we don't realize how powerful we are. We don't realize that we actually manipulate the energies. And things just happen. Things just happen because, you know, people say, well, it's not fair that this happens. But it's you create it. Well, and so we're here to learn to manipulate the energies so that it works in a positive way for for each of us and the only way that's going to happen is if we decide to heal our experiences because as long as we do not do that we keep having these kinks mm -hmm. in the cable within our energy field and do you think our our purpose for being here on earth it is to collectively contribute to society and in those around us in, yes, in, absolutely. And to return to that sense of wonder and that sense of joy of just being alive. You know, many of us <laughs> are choosing, are allowing ourselves to be lived rather than 
passionately living life. And that's the difference because we live in this created mm. paradigm, right? This created society, I call it an artificial society or a terra because terra is earth, a terrarium. And we've all been plonked into this, this glass box. And uh, those that govern us are telling us exactly how to live our lives and how to, and what we have to pay in order to live here. Because earth is the only planet where you incarnate into where you have to pay to live. You know, it, it's, we, we, I, I, I hope to call myself not included in this because I respect mother nature immensely. Mm -hmm. And I do what I can to contribute to the, the value of the planet that we live on and mother nature. Yeah. And, you know, I strive immensely to create a positive environment, at least with the best yeah. I can within community with regard to climate change and with, you know, what people are doing to this planet because they're destroying it from the inside out. And, yes. you know, the deniers of the, the, the deniers need to be educated to such a point that they understand that what they're really doing is irreversible in some aspects. And that, you know, things cannot go back to the way they used to be because of that. That's my little political statement within there. But mm -hmm. in reality, it's the truth. I mean, you're destroying our home and you're doing it through yes. greed and through negligence and through gluttony. And it just yep. is terrible the way that's happening from that perspective. Um, how can we connect to a higher purpose? If we, you know, we've, we've discussed it a little bit earlier, you have a connection with the divine. You're able to communicate in regard to that. I talk to my angels every day and amazing. Um, you know, I, I communicate with them. I ask for their help, my guides, my angels on, on a regular yeah. basis. So for those of us out here that um, don't understand that they too have that ability, what would you recommend the steps they need to take to help understanding how they can reach out and connect with their, you know, so um, I, I like that question. My mom, you know what she always does. We'll sit in the car and she's like, oh, please, angels, get me a parking space. And I'm like, mom. <laughs> but it, it works for her every single time, it does. every single time. And it's such a simple example, simple example. It's the same when you find, well, here it's pennies or you find coins, you know, on the street and it's always they always say a penny for your thoughts so my angels will always say remember the thought when you pick up the coin and sometimes i'll remember and sometimes i won't so that's that these are very very simple things but to connect to the divine oh, for everyone it's very very different you can do it through which i'm i'm pretty sure you must do as well michael meditation i do yeah even even is, even as simple as a minute yes totally agree with you and we were like yeah but i kind of quiet my mind but that's okay because all you need to do is when that happens when your mind when your mind runs in you know, a million miles per hour is merely go back to the breath and like, yeah but i can't do that well yes you can but on the other hand which I, I love to listen to him and it's only like 15 to 20 minutes is uh, uh, David G.J.I. 
And he's got all these um, guided meditations on YouTube about anxiety, fear, abundance, um, connecting to your higher, higher self, all these things. And all you need to do is just hit play, plug in your earphones and listen to it, listen to him. And he also is very much about controlling the breath because we breathe very shallow. It's not like we breathe all the way to our root chakra, which is, I always say, the, the tippy toes of like your stomach and breathe into the crown chakra because we just don't do that. It's always till it's always still like here. And so it's very, very important. The breath is really important because when we breathe properly, our energy field changes, but our circulatory system within also changes. Everything just flows. And that is really, really important. So if you suffer from any kind of dis-ease within yourself, meditation just really, really helps. And you don't have to sit there for hours. Honestly, you don't. And if it doesn't work for you, then go to the gym or hug a tree or go to the beach, you know, feel the sand in your, uh, in your toes. And that, again, it, it only takes a minute. Start with a minute. Then yes, move up to two, then moved up for three, yeah. then move up to five, and then yeah. move up to ten. I mean, obviously, doing what what you had said with the, with a, just you know, putting it in your ear, in in listening to it helps to guide you through it. But if you think that you don't have the time, start with a minute. Yes, yeah, start with a, a minute. In a minute, works. Quiet your mind for a minute, then step up to two, step up to three, and move you forward. Um, I know we're running a little bit long, but there's there's okay. a couple more things. Do you? Um, Help us understand what power soul healing is and how we can achieve it. Power soul healing. Well, it's about it's about empowering yourself, empowering your empowering your soul through the art of healing. That's basically it. Because we walk around in this state of disempowerment. We walk around not from the inside out, but it's from the outside in, so to speak. And so we are bombarded every single day to deviate away from our awareness. It's like, oh, we got to do this. Oh, we, we're bombarded with consumerism, with social media, with the programming of TV. Everything is, you know, everything is programmed into our mind. So how do you, and, and you're just not feeling peachy in your own skin. And that's why it's so important to return to that I am power, you know, and allowing your soul to shine, kicking your ego to the curb and releasing the pain and the trauma within your experiences that you've kept in the archives of your mind. And you do that through any kind of healing. As I said, it doesn't matter how you decide to heal. For me, it was the holistic route. For other people, it could be very different. You know, there's no right or wrong, just as there is no right or wrong in how you decide to experience life. That's amazing. And how does that play into um, light language? Light language. Yes, I love light language. I absolutely love it. And I only got, I, it only started flowing for me last year because I was told, and I had a, a beautiful soul, uh, Maya Francis, 
she's a divine alchemy. She's a uh, divine frequency alchemist. That, that's what it is a frequency, whatever. She's an alchemist, but she was like, Brigitte, and this is very true for anyone. Very true for anyone. He's like, your car is in the MOT. That's your, that's you. You've, you've got the tools in the toolkit right there. I can see it, but you need to tune up your car. <laughs> and that's so true. Simple analogy. <laughs> very simple analogy. And so like three months later, I was getting so frustrated, so frustrated. And then my guides are like, oh, Brigitte, but speak to, she's another amazing light language healer, Siobhan Purcell here in the UK. And I called her and I said, can you teach me? Can you kick me off that cliff, off the edge of that cliff? Because I, I, it's, it's there, but I, I can't vocalize it properly. And so we had a face-to-face -face a whole day and she, she drilled, she really kicked kicked me off that cliff. Oh, I, I and, and it just started flowing and I haven't looked back and it's just so profound. It really, really is. And people are like, what is light language? I've not heard of it before. It's not really the norm. It's not like when people say, oh, I'm, I'm going for a Reiki healing. Yeah, Reiki is very well known, for instance. Um, and so but it's very, very ancient language. It's galactic and your mind doesn't have to understand it because that's on a conscience level, but on a cellular level, your soul understands it. And you you know, you start to heal. It just works. Is it a shortcut to healing? Yes. In a way it is. Do I sometimes pick up on past lives? Yes, I do. Which also helps. Would you, would you be open to a demonstration? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> so I, what, what I will always ask Michael is, is there an intent? Is there anything that, that needs to be healed or maybe it's important for the listeners? I think or you just know, for you. Well, there's, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of people out here who are stuck in moving forward in something yeah. they want to accomplish, for example. And, you know, overcoming uh, roadblocks or overcoming the, yeah. the mindset that you can't move forward in something that's yeah. preventing you from doing so. So how about we start there? There's, what, if yes. there's a, what if there's something that's blocking me from yep. success? So I think a lot of people could benefit from something like that. You know, like we're yeah. either afraid of success or we are apprehensive of it or we don't quite understand how to turn that key. Yep. Do you think that would help other people too? Yeah, that's that's the fear, isn't it? That is a fear. So let's that's try that. the fear. That's the that's a blocker in our mind. It's just a that that that's all it is. We've created it. <laughs> but yes, we can do this. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So I just asked you to have a, an open mind and that whatever comes through to me, just allow it to flow through you. But when I start, I will always say to people that you need to take a very, well, close your eyes, take a very deep breath all the way from your root chakra to your crown and then hold it for four and breathe out. 
And then take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. And just continue to breathe in and out while I bring through the light language. So this is really about eradicating roadblocks. Okay. Oh. Tushini yala ma hati li lala kini ayama sutichi yama katayama ui a a a a. Before I continue, you're going to ask me who are these. So I will say that these are just the ancient star people. Susini ya katayama ushini yama hasi iyama sikititi iyama ha 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 ini katayama. They're putting a circle around you of immense, beautiful, white, crystalline light. Susini ya katayama sui ma katayini katayama sui ma selalale ya katayama katayama atikini ya telalale ya maxi. Hayenikini ya talayama thuya i katayama hayama haya kitisi metima katayama tututututiyama la 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 iya a a a a. Sushini salayama katayama katayiki ya matali mekti tututututu ayima sayo a a a a a. Hushini kataima uimasini yasaya kataima ushini iitaima uushini i. And we feel that light flowing as they put it through your crown chakra and through your mind, especially your heart area, and just let it flow straight through your stomach area. Hushini siani makataimi kititia malaya masushushui makaya ini kataima huya makata uitaima suya hasihira. They're saying just let go all of the of the heaviness, the heaviness that you feel, and allow it to flow straight through you into the center, the core of the earth. Hushini yamasaya makuya maaisi lalelikati yamauya makata tata yamasiya atakihinika aaaa hushini yamakata ayama ushini ayi tititiyama uya maaaaaaa and finally they are saying allow for this beautiful emerald green light and gold to flow all the way through you. And I take a deep bow and thank you for your time. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. And they do, as they always say, the encoding, the healing will stay with you and it will integrate. It will start to integrate in the next few days. It's a very interesting language. It almost was recognizable. This happened to be the star people. So the ancient, I call them the very ancient Native Americans, but even before time. They're very, they're very unique. 
I think that mm. you know I will do a follow up in regard to um, my own personal blocks to see if they cleared them up the way they were supposed to. Yeah, definitely do. Let you let me know. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. Well, thank you for the demonstration. I hope that it will benefit everybody out there that's watching and listening as well. That uh, yeah. you have an opportunity to have this accomplished for yourself to help you heal in many, many ways. Um, I just use one one particular thing and. I'm sure this can heal trauma. It can heal, you know, bad or negativity within them. It could probably heal health. Um, yes. I'm assuming from from many many perspectives, we have the opportunity to utilize that tool to help us heal yeah. from inside out for our mind, our body, and our soul to connect. Yes. Yes. And you know, there's one thing that people always forget that, and you're right. So the mind, the body and the soul are all interconnected because without them, even though we don't think that we, you know, we keep them separate because we often live very compartmentalized and we live in that separation. Um, but it's all connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. I, yes, we all can. And we are all connected yes, to that, that source, mm-hmm. to that energy yeah. source. And, yeah. and we just need to tap into it. I, 100%. Yes. I could talk to you for a whole nother two hours. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> uh, fortunately and unfortunately, we probably have to wrap up. <laughs> yes. It's, it has been an amazing journey with you through your um, achieving what you have achieved in life and how you got to where you're at and what you're doing for other individuals and mm-hmm. helping them to move forward. As we began this conversation, I, I like to inspire people, educate people, motivate people. And I think that we've been able to accomplish that today. So thank you. And I'm very grateful for that, us connecting. Thank you for reaching out and connecting with me. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. And uh, I hope that we can have another conversation. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Have, um, like I always say to people out there very quickly, never think that you're alone. Honestly, if you're suffering or anything, then reach out to somebody. Um, that's really, really important, you know, and if you don't think you're loved, you're loved by many in the otherworldly realms. And I love you. And I know that Michael loves you too. Absolutely. 100%. Mm. Brigitte, can you please tell us about your book and how, uh, and your services that you offer and how somebody can reach out to get you know, in touch with you to help themselves, whether it be through your book or through your services? Mm-hmm. So people can find my book on Amazon, Becoming Authentically Me, which is the first part is about the transformational times that we live in and everything that's happened and why it's happened. I touch on Atlantis, on Lemuria and many other galactic civilizations. Uh, The main guide that I actually talk to is the Ascended Master Saint Germain, but also Archangel Michael. Um, and then the second part of my book talks about my life and all the trauma that I've overcome. And it's infused with the many, many channeled wisdom of, or the channeled wisdom of the, the, the many master teachers. And there are also some exercises in there that will help you on your way. It's a big book. I know my second book will be out, you know, probably early next year, which is about my travels to to India and is a lot about the Indian deities. Um, and you can find me, yeah, my website is powersoulhealing.com. And 
I offer, I do read cards, but it's not like, it's really about how you can change your life. Um, that's what I do. So it's really about inspiring you and motivating you. And as Mike always says, it's educating you. Um, and then I also do light language. So those are my services. And I'll make sure that those are in the show notes. Everybody has an easy way to connect with you. Uh, just yep. follow the link and there you go. For those of you driving or not being able to write it down, it'll always be here. Come back and revisit it again. Uh, Brigitte, this is one more thing before you go. Do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share before we leave? Yes, I can do that. <laughs> I will say this. Mm, yes, always be you, not who the world wants you to be. And the only way you're going to return to that beautiful wholesome nature of yourself is by learning to love yourself and to forgive and to have compassion and understanding and to stop judging people because it doesn't matter what people say about you it's never about you it's about them and how they feel about themselves we all walk this beautiful planet earth and we all we're all at different levels of consciousness does it matter no it doesn't because at the end of the day we are beautiful reflections of one another and we're here to walk one another back home back home to ourselves but also into the new yeah okay into the new paradigm brilliant words of wisdom Rajita, thank you very much. I really appreciate you again you coming on the show. Thank you for connecting with me and uh, for a brilliant conversation. Um, oh, I, thank you. Yeah, I look forward to having another. So I'll tell everybody else out there one more thing before you all go. Have a great day. Have a great week. And thanks for listening. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.